Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy, whether you are a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional. A show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Money across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Welcome to episode 30 of Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. My name's Samuel Money in Philadelphia on the east coast of the USA, and I'm joined in London by Chris Lawson. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Yeah, doing quite well. I know we're going through a bit of a challenging time, but again, for us in this show, we're trying to stay optimistic, positive, and really be solution-focused. Yeah, definitely. Not not a lot else you can do if you want to keep your sanity, apart from do that at the moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I think my first thought about this week's show topic, uh, it's about marketing in uncertain times and thriving in these uncertain times. And the key message is, for this week's show, I think the great foundation for us is to start with what we left you with last week. Mm. Firstly, to retain radical transparency, and that was all about leaders leading with empathy and transparency and simplicity and being clear. And the second one was about applying the growth mindset by asking, who needs something that I can provide? Whether that's professionally or personally, really having that attitude. And one example I can just think of quickly is PwC, the consultancy. They're sharing their digital fitness app at no cost. It's been a crucial part of their own digital upskilling and journey, and they've just made it available to everyone. And then thirdly, I'd say, listen to the feedback you're getting and be ready to course correct, especially when there's been a misstep. Yeah, that, that's that's a good one about listening to feedback. I mean, it was interesting reflecting on some of the, the comments from last week's show and, and, and one mm-hmm. really struck true, which was that there's so much to learn at the moment, so much advice out there and so much information that can feel like overload as well, and, and and I do absolutely get that. You you can't you can't move on LinkedIn for another article on on how to how to mm. cope, and and we want to be careful we don't we don't add to that um, as well. So so it is very much about taking what you can out of something. You're not going to take everything, so it's it's uh, take which work what works for you and leave the rest behind. Yeah, absolutely. And so what that's what we'll do today. We're going to help with I think thinking through and helping you think through how should marketing and business leaders run their business, how they make decisions, and most importantly, managing the short term, the midterm and the long term. If you're in the food business right now, demand's up and um, your main focus is probably about keeping the supply chain up and running and making sure your communication and advertising is hit in the right tone. But actually, the argument we're making is the most important thing we're seeing is the ability to keep your workforce safe and motivated. Marketing has been rightly criticized for some of the superficial impact of things they've done, for example, changing the brand logos and distancing them. I think McDonald's got some heat when they just simply moved the arches of the M apart and it gave people the opportunity to see it, to sneer at marketing and say, there you go again, all you can do is change your logo. Hmm. And worse still, we've seen reports of cruise lines really acting in their own short-term interest by having sales agents tell people, tell customers that the coronavirus couldn't survive in tropical destinations. Oh, and awful. there's been a few sources. <laughs> I, re- I know there's a few, there's, 
yeah, there's a few sources reporting that. So I'd like to believe it's not true, but unfortunately, maybe it was it was ignorance that was driving that versus mm-hmm. anything more nefarious. Yeah, marketing can absolutely be a force for good in terms of helping to reposition, for example, the term social distancing. More accurately, we should be calling that physical distancing. As much, it's as much about young people running errands for elderly neighbors for practicing social co- connectedness with physical distance. And that's what we should be actually applying. At times like this, we need to connect and engage more. We need to better communicate and communicate more, not less. We need to stay in touch with family and friends and people who perhaps are alone or isolated or infirm and, and or perhaps older and doing what we can to support them. So rather than brands changing their logos, here's an opportunity that brands can actually have an impact. Marketers actually have a skill set and their agencies have skill sets that could be turned towards supporting internal efforts, for example. So from an employer perspective, your employees are under more stress and more pressure. So getting communication right to them and from them and including them is even more powerful. Social media is even more amplified. There's stories of good deeds, kindness, and going over and above. And that's the kind of tonic we read, we need right now from employees. So companies which have empowered their employees will come to the fore. And I think that's really great. Yeah. One of the things I was reading during the week was from McKinsey. And, and actually, you know, quite often you read something from a, a McKinsey and a PwC and you think it's all about the bottom line. But, but it talked about seven stages to respond to COVID-19 and, and, and number one was mm-hmm. protect your employees um, because without your employees, you're, you're nothing. Yep. Make sure you set up a team, ensure that you're li- you've got liquidity, so you've got cash. Make sure you stabilize that supply chain, staying close to customers, um, practice mm-hmm. the plan, um, and then demonstrate purpose in whatever you can do. Now, clearly mm-hmm. for us, in relation to marketing, the most important thing is to stay close to those customers Think about how you can update them with information so they feel in the loop and part of a community rather than a distance between yourself and the company and the employees. Um, And and I thought that was really interesting because you're you're in a situation where uh, without that core group of employees that are working through your plan, you, you haven't really got anything, have you? Absolutely. People first. It's just... A no-brainer, really. But Chris, I've seen other responses. There's some evidence that some of the brands are, for example, putting up their prices. Yet, we've got so many studies that say, look, consumers will see that as unfair and probably punish those brands who take advantage. And in some cases, it's actually against the law to, in terms of price gouging, to, to raise prices on some of these essential goods. So, especially worse when people are losing their income. What what options do you see for companies and businesses out there right now? Yeah, look, um, it's a difficult one. I, I get the sentiment, San, but for some, it's a reality of staying in business. Yeah, we've said many a time, cash flow is the biggest killer. Um, and it's tough choices. It really is a rock and a hard place uh, for businesses or consumers. And not, Ill will, not all will make it, uh, it through it from a business perspective. I think Interestingly, I'm, I'm working with sort of a, a couple of, sort of organizations at the moment that are thinking around, well, mm-hmm. we were due to put a price raise on our products. What, what do we do now? Now, clearly, mm-hmm. now is not the right time, but, but when is the right time? And when that's already baked into your plans, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. So as an organization, you've, you've got to estimate your own way. 
And that can be very, very difficult to do when there's so many unknowns. Um, so you've got to think about those different scenarios, looking at if your revenues stay at the level they are now for three, six or 12 months, what does that mean? If you can't raise any more money or access any of your funds or drive it through product mm -hmm. sales for six, 12, 18 months, what's that mean? And the same in terms of if you have to reduce costs by 25%, 50%, or, you know, ho hopefully not by 75%, what do you mm. do? And, mm. and it's a, it's a real challenge. I, I think there's, there's probably a eight step plan, if not you know, a bit more than that. But I think the first thing to do is, is make sure you've got decisions based on your own specific situation like i say there's a huge amount of noise out there at the moment and you've got to look at your own business and work out what you have to do but you do have to prepare for the worst and, and hope for the best you forecast um what happens in that worst case scenario um try to reduce uh costs where it's not necessary um and mm -hmm. that may be about which hiring decisions do you put off um, but I, I will come back to that in a second, though, because there's an interesting sort of a, um, just a position on that and, and work out how to effectively cut your staff if you need to. Now, that may well be, as we talked about last week, working with them to um, say, actually, can we take a pay, um, pay cut or can we work four days a week at this point in time? Um, so you do need to sort of work that through. Uh, there's there's different op options than redundancy, mm -hmm. redundancy or fur furloughing them, and and of course you've got to clearly motivate the team that that does stay or the ones that are responsible for driving you forward for, through this time. But making sure you've got support set up for employees, um, mm -hmm. as as everyone is going through their own crisis at the moment, as well as it being a global pandemic, this, this is affecting everyone in a very individual, right. personal way as well. Um, reiterating your company values, again, sticking to those core messages um, to your employees and to your customers, um, making sure everyone's aware of what you stand for. And, and mm -hmm. also just finally understanding and remembering that you're not the only company struggling. So, even majors are doing that right now. Um, but the point I was going to come back to, some organizations will be able to use this to their advantage. Uh, there's some studies being done many um, over the years. It was over the last financial crash that, that actually some organizations that are able to keep their foot to the pedal and accelerate out of a crisis or, or a depression end up winning big time. Um, now, clearly, you've got to manage the cash flow, but, but it's an important point there. You, you don't just retreat and act defensively. If you can see an opportunity, then, then you've got to take it and seize it just like you would any other time. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. There's been so many studies and data points showing that brands that invest, companies that invest and retain their marketing, yes, they, they may have to retrench a bit, but really do not see marketing as an afterthought. Con continue to invest in that as a forethought and stay front of mind for consumers. Those are all fundamental practices that stand the test of time. Yeah, um, but also I think that the point there is your company is your employees. It's vital to keep them happy and check on them to make sure they're doing well mm -hmm. with people staying yeah. in. It can be quite a strain on people individually, I think. Uh, yeah, there's, there's lots of people getting used to 
Zoom. There's got lots of people getting used to having their kids in the background. There are lots of people stuck in um, houses where they they thought that it was a bit of a safe haven, and now suddenly those four walls look very, very um, sort of enclosing. And 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 it's interesting looking at the organisations that keep that front and centre. I personally know Nando's. Uh, my niece works at Nando's, and uh, they decided to completely shut their restaurants, even for takeaways, before they were told to do so, uh, because they wanted to be seen to be doing the right thing. They wanted to encourage mm-hmm. people to stay at home. Um, since then, they've been considerate of mental health, uh, lots of Instagram lives with influencers to talk about how to cope from home, going going pretty much beyond what they need to do in terms of from an organization perspective and also posting recipes to keep people eating well during this time as well so as we said before it is possible to to combine doing good with doing good business as well yeah i I agree with that yet let's be real the 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 reality the everyday experience right now for uh, some marketers is that well the pr folks are leading the social efforts and then the finance teams have completely locked down the budgets <laughs> budgets have been yeah. cut money's gone what can they do there's so many marketing information resources and industry bodies so like walk warc i think they're uk-based gartner uh, it was another organization and the ana association of national advertisers in in the u.s have published a, a report on COVID, on what to do and how to manage your legal contract. And so there's so many topics on the minds of marketers and CMOs right now. You've got disruptions to the sponsorships and events that they had planned and all that investment that's basically been been wasted or is not going to pay back. You've got promotions that have gone wrong or have to go away and the ability to even fulfill them. You've got new product launch delays. Uh, and, and innovation that can't come to market. You've got to change your creative and your advertising. And now you're even getting your COVID-specific communications, which are actually being prioritized. So, so many marketers are having their their emails and their newsletters hijacked by um, COVID messaging. And on top of that, you've got to manage and cancel and change your agency commitments and budgets. So amongst all that chaos and disruption, we're going to provide some inspiration. We're going to provide some solutions and some examples, I think, that can move you forward. And I'll go first. The first one I would mm-hmm. add is think about what customer policies, what consumer policies do you have in place now? What can be changed? And are those changes for the better? We've seen Zoom, Microsoft, Google, and other video conferencing companies offer free access. We've seen the same from e-learning organizations offer their their tools and their resources for free. Now we've gotten used to schools, for example, using the platform. What will happen afterwards? Will they continue to offer that at a free or they put it at a competitive pricing? Will they offer a COVID recovery pricing or perhaps upgrade or enhance the paid products like myself subscribing to a lot of these platforms so that the customers who are actually paying now get some loyalty, get some reward for supporting them through the difficult times? Travel companies, for example, are waiving their cancellation fees or their change fees, and they've extended their loyalty program deadline. So I mentioned Marriott as a company that was going through some tough cha- challenges with 90% of their revenue going away, but they've come out and they've stated, look, 
the status earned in 2019 will be extended to February 2022. So they've just looked ahead, made that commitment, made that stance in a very proactive way. And for another example, companies like Facebook, they're introducing new tools for small businesses in their social media platforms. For example, digital gift cards, expanding the fundraising portal and making it easier for businesses to communicate service changes such as delivery and pickup to their customers. So those are things to take advantage of right now. Yeah, good one there. I like that one, um, especially about the fact that actually the some people might be looking at postponing the, the products and services, but again, it's how you can do that from a innovative fashion as well. Um, so that's a, that's a good example there by Marriott, I think. Uh, Incidentally, one that springs to mind practically is about don't overextend yourself as well. Uh, it's uh, times like this that you need to be uh, simple. Um, a theme that we've talked about before, and, and actually I respect a lot, is that when entertainment brands uh, just recognise that their job is to make our lives easier during the crisis, it's, it's straightforward entertainment, whether that's Apple Music offering people a free three-month subscription, Sky Sports allowing you to postpone your subscription, Uber Eats Mm -hmm. uh, offering free delivery, Nike offering its uh, NTC subscription for free to encourage physical mental fitness. And, And I was really pleased to see that my old company, Inspired Entertainment, provided the technology to put on a virtual Grand National um, with all proceeds from a maximum £10 bet going to the NHS. Um, They raised over £2 million with widespread praise around the sort of quality of the animations. And and again, it's it's great to see technology being put to use. And uh, clearly, there's no horse racing at the moment. And uh, Mm -hmm. to have something that you could focus on is is seen as a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Another example I'd love to share with the audience is if you've cancelled or postponed a customer-facing marketing event, how might you pivot or evolve them yourself or perhaps partnering with others? An example is needed right now. And I think if you look at the data, BBC from the UK reports, like there's a $5 billion industry, which is often coming from touring and physical and live events. And so there's some major innovation needed in that sector. There's a company called Stage It, which is an online venue where artists can perform live and in an interactive way. They can monetize their shows with fans directly from a laptop or a mobile device, and they're giving unique experiences that essentially are never archived. You can always access them. So you've got acts like Common, John Bon Jovi, you've got a multitude of different entertainers and and the drag queens and George Clinton and Bonnie Raitt, all sorts of musicians and entertainers and magicians and all sorts of performers out there. And my wife was telling me about Erka Badu, the the R&B singer, and an online concert that she actually put on in the last couple of weeks or so and you could register and sign up and pay a small fee and you had a wonderful experience where there was lots of interactivity and there were mystery rooms where fans got to vote on where the next location in the studio she was actually at home would be and each room had a different theme and a different vibe and a different decor and design there's so much theater and drama which was different to a live show and in often respects actually better than live show which is a great way and a new way to engage so those are examples of innovation that you can actually try and put it in practice on your brand i like that sam um, let's look at another issue 
extenuated by the crisis and, and see what we can do about it. Uh, mm-hmm. So one of the issues I think that all marketers are facing, Sam, is about trust. Um, how do I yep. deal with this? The lack of trust in this environment. I mean, clearly, uh, it's a, it's a, a moving um, beast of a moment in terms of what, what's happening um, but even if you think about products and services, you're there thinking, well, you tell me that I can buy that product online, but is it going to be delivered? You tell me mm-hmm. that I'm going to get my money back, but will it? And and it's compounded in a way by media's role at the moment in communications. I mean, again, looking at the macro picture, there was a Pew Research Center election news survey that said that um, Americans, not surprisingly, immersed in uh, um, coronavirus news, but but half of them, although half of them are following it closely, about half of them actually reported that they'd seen at least some news and information about virus that seemed completely and utterly made up. Uh, Influencers are being seen as quite a core source of this as well. There was a scare Mm -hmm. story in the UK um, Sam, about 5G masks having something to do with the virus and, and actually 5G masks being burnt down as a result of it. And and again, no, naming no names, a couple of household influencers, a movie star and a musician were sharing this fake news as potentially being true. Um, their followers listened to them more than they listened to the news. And, and as a result, um, you, you get that compounded impact. At the same time, we get YouTube warning us that um, there's going to be less moderation um, or more moderation that's going to be automated due to obviously some of their um, employees being under lockdown or sick. Um, so how do we get that balance right? Is it regulation in itself? That doesn't feel very trustworthy at the moment. So it pro- it's probably about dialogue, isn't it? There, there is no perfect mm. answer at the moment. Um, we're just making the best out of a bad situation. But uh, again, I've, I've received an email from pretty much every CEO of a brand that I have a relationship with over the last right. few weeks. And and it, and it sort of comes back to your early point, Sam. However genuine your intentions may be, you have to back it up with actions. And it may not be enough if you ha- haven't acted honorably in the past. However, you, you, that doesn't mean you should give up. It means that you should always start. Sky is uh, you know, one of those establishments in the, the UK, uh, which is seen as a, uh, you know, a, a, a good, a necessary evil in a way. So a, a great source of entertainment, a great source of sport. Yeah. Yeah, consistently put their prices up. Um, customer service, not necessarily seen of a great. Um, I came to sort of cancel my sort of Sky Sports due to nothing being on at the moment. I was so incredibly impressed. It <laughs> literally took me 15 seconds on a on a keypad. It basically said, if you want to pause your sports, then press here. We'll do that automatically and um, we're, we'll let you know when we're going to reinstall it again. Uh, I, I was gearing myself up for a fight, Sam. I thought this is going to take hours. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to justify it. And I was done in 15 seconds. And that is the right thing for them to do. And it's left a, a really good feeling there. So so you've got to act authentically. You've got to act with a good purpose. And and you've also got to think about your, your tone within this crisis as well. Um, mm-hmm. Or any crisis indeed. I mean, normally the received wisdom is to dial it down, check any communications you have, 
um, see whether they're incentive, draw them back a bit, wait for the dust to settle. But the, these aren't normal times, Sam, in a way, because it mm-hmm. is affecting absolutely everyone. These aren't isolated events. So so that tone is important. You've got to keep consistent. Um, you need to understand that businesses and cons- customers are um, understand that this is something that they're going to have to get through together. There's no straightforward answer um, and it's going to take both of them to work out what's right and what isn't and what's appropriate and what isn't. So so I'm liking the honest dialogue that I'm seeing at the moment. Yeah, that's a great one. The the honesty and and, and stepping up and, and responding and taking action. So the, the seamless cancellation experience versus the expectation of a very painful fight is, a, is an interesting pivot and enhancement. And can they carry that forward? You talked about purpose. That's another one. Do brands who perhaps weren't as purpose-centric embrace that and really mean it? And it's all about what you do, not what you say in this day and age. And that takes me to the final point I'd make here is about not sitting on in the sidelines, stepping into the arena, stepping into the crucible, be the catalyst for innovation. I've seen reports of, esta- of organizations establishing a creativity fund. And that's open to in-house stakeholders and external partners, such as agencies, that can scale ideas across the company. It could be something as I think, simple as just checking your data and, and Pinterest of, of an example of an organization, they've seen an increase in searches relating to emotional and mental health and compassionate search related features. Now that's not perhaps a traditional thing you'd expect to see or, or be searching for on Pinterest. But actually, it gives them an opportunity to make that content more prominent and provide that utility and that, that service. They're seeing searches for self-care at home rise over 300% and meditation tips for beginners rising over 100%. So people are in these platforms, in these forums, looking for things that support their mental health. How can you be part of that and um, amplifying solutions to that. In fact, the CEO, Ben Sieberman, he's partnered with some um, health and educational institutions to develop and launch an app that allows people to self-report their symptoms. And so the point here is, even though Pinterest isn't a destination for that type of content, that's the kind of leadership we're looking for. It's about driving that culture and that mindset and spirit of transformation and, and making something happen, even if you don't have all the resources and all the budget that you used to. Well, that, that's a that's a great example, Sam. And and look to finish off. I think I saw this this week, and it, it summed up the sentiment that we're trying to convey here. Uh, there's, there's a guy I know called Carl Marsden. Um, he used to run Shortlist, which is a sort of a uh, daily sort of um, free newspaper in the UK, um, or weekly actually. Um, and he he now runs a sort of a marketing insight publisher called Contagious. Uh, Difficult mm-hmm. branding conundrum at, at this point in time, you, you can imagine, right. Sam. Right. But I thought yeah. his response was was excellent. Um, you know, he, he called it out and said, look, this is a strange time for us um, in terms of being called contagious. But as, uh, and I'm just going to quote him because I think it is so good. But as COVID-19 rampages its way around the globe, we've seen brands step up to serve as educators, inventors, benefactors, and community builders. At Contagious, we will continue our quest to inspire them to seize the opportunity and we'd say obligation to help the world mm. adapt to this crisis. Um, we will focus on charting the new map that the industry needs to draw. And, and I thought that absolutely summed it up. Um, 
it's not it's not something that we now just need to find time to do this this is this is what we should be doing and and i do feel that we're going to see a bit of a, a shift after this some of the stuff we've talked about about the importance of brands with purpose and their their increasing role in society i think if anything this is just going to speed that on which which can only be a good thing yes that's an excellent example. And the word contagious has a, a multitude of meanings. And for this brand to actually have that as what they're called and having a brand stance and a point of view, I'm I'm proud of what they're doing here. And my plea to the audience is actually to check out their work. Their content for me is really, really strong. Their, their publications live on my bookshelf because of the design, the photography, the storytelling of the brands and the case studies are truly remarkable. I'm a huge fan of Contagious. So definitely an opportunity now to sh- give a shout out to co-founder uh, Paul Kemp Rob- Robertson, who I know quite well, and the team in the US and the UK, like he did, I think for them to take a stance, take a point of view and share it with the world and, and really explain their purpose is, is is inspiring to see and hopefully it pans out for them. Yeah, well, well, I like the fact that we um, we we both know someone there from either side of the pond as well. That's really interesting. Um, so look, Sam, we're um, rapidly at the end of the show. They go very fast. Um but why, why don't you give us the three key takeouts and reflections? Sure. The three takeouts for this week's show. Firstly, protect your employees. They are number one. Secondly, be proactive and actively build a plan. Don't wait for the decisions to come to you. Don't wait for the impact to hit you. Be proactive. Take a stance. Make the plan. Thirdly, don't over-engineer it. Keep it simple keep it honest, act with authenticity and integrity. And that will hopefully steer you in the right path. Yep. Good stuff. Excellent, Sam. Um, Well, look, next week, uh, we're going to talk about human first, digital second. It's uh, the fact that actually we've got a a real unique competitive advantage, the fact that we feel. um, And the CMOs continue to spend more on the stuff, i.e tech versus people and 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 is that right so so we're, we're also looking at whether ai can teach us to be a bit more compassionate and um and how some marketers lead with empathy as well so so a really interesting show i think we've got lined up there absolutely chris and again putting us to work really inspired by the work we're doing the content of this show but until next week chris have a great week across the pond well that's it for this week's show we hope you enjoyed it Find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link. If you listen via Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud or anything else, then click on follow, subscribe or type Marketing Transformed into search. We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformedshow at gmail.com.